You're listening to Soul Sense. I'm Silkina, and I'm on a mission to raise human consciousness through the daily practice of mindfulness. This podcast is for everyone searching to meet their true authentic selves. I'm here to simplify spirituality and guide you to fully trust yourself and believe in your own magical powers, your imagination and intuition. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soul Sense with me, Sulkina. It is an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new here, hello and welcome. If you've been here before, it's nice to have you again. Wow, you guys. I don't know if it's just me, but something is up in the air, right? Like the energy is super duper strong. I don't know what is it about this week, but it's almost like things are happening so fast. And this morning I went into my tarot and I was like, tell me what you got. Like what's happening? And I pulled the eight of wands (laughs) reversed. And that is exactly what I've been feeling. So the eight of wands upright, generally to me, it means like things are happening really fast. Um, From what I've learned in the tarot, and my teacher is Lindsay Mack, if you're wondering, from what I've learned is the eight of wands is actually one of the fastest card in the whole entire deck. Um, The energy is very fast moving. It's almost like things are happening and you're having to catch up or things are um, happening to you, or I guess I should say for you. With this eight of wands reversed, I kind of feel like it really speaks to the energy that's just happening collectively, not just in your life or my life, but it's like, what is happening in the world. Like things are changing so fast and things are happening so fast. And it's almost like we are calibrating and creating a new world and whatever that world feels like to you, it could feel like it's supporting you or it could feel like it's unsupporting you. Like we honor everyone's feelings and what they're going through during this time. But the eight of wands reversed, it's almost like, okay, things are happening and changing so fast. Like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Because when outside or external things change and happen so fast that it forces you to kind of adapt really quickly. Sometimes our bodies and our nervous system needs a little bit more care and like love. And that's something that I have to remind myself over and over again. It's like, certainly everyone in some ways will be affected by the trajectory of the world that we're going to live in. I kind of feel like a lot of things are happening collectively. Rules are changing. Um, People are adapting to new ways of living and, you know, going out and eating out. There are so many regulations (laughs) nowadays. And um, sometimes it may seem like it's the quote unquote logical thing to do. But our bodies and our minds and our souls, like they need to adapt to this as well. And so during this moment of change, during this moment of 
like collective transformation, like how are we taking care of ourselves? Um, obviously taking care of our mind is important as well, but more than that, it's like going deeper into how are we caring for our bodies and our souls and how are we making sure that our nervous system is not frazzled, right? Like we are actually feeling centered and grounded amidst all of this fast moving energy. So yeah, kind of feel like that spoke to the energy that we are feeling right now. Um, it's always anything and everything that happens around us is for us. And it's just a reminder to always come back to the self. I believe that the universe or God does not give you anything for the sake of it. Like you don't go through challenges or hardships just because, or like you're being punished, but it's actually an opportunity for you to look at yourself and be like, okay, am I connected to my true self right now? Like everything is just a way for us to come back to our whole true essence of the self. I hope that made sense. I am so incredibly excited for this episode. I know I say that like every single episode, but this one is such a good episode. And more than that, it is so important. Erica is probably one of the funniest people that I've met. I was telling her that I love that her energy is like, you should care about these things, but I'm also going to make you laugh. Like the way that she shares her message is so incredibly inspiring and she does it in such a way that you just can't help but like love her you just can't help but love her her energy is super duper infectious and we went deep into decolonizing our spiritual practice so we talked about the usage of white sage palo santo working with certain gods and goddesses and deities which is very popular these days in new age spirituality and you know working with the chakras and you know, teaching yoga and meditation, like all of these are almost the norm right now. But a lot of people that are just starting out their spiritual awakening journey, perhaps they don't really know where these practices come from. And decolonizing your spiritual practice is it's, it's tough. It actually, it gets really heavy because it's essentially peeling off the layers and assumptions that you've had about something. So I don't personally burn white sage anymore just because I am not ancestrally connected to that plant. And when you're just starting out, it's so easy to kind of purchase all of these uh, plants and work with their uh, spirits. But if you don't really have a connection to that plant, or if you don't know really why you're burning it, but you're only burning it because some account on Instagram told you that it, you know, removes bad vibes. I'm not shaming, obviously, 100% not because I used to do that. But it's just an opportunity to get a little bit more curious, like, okay, I feel drawn to white sage, I feel drawn to Palo Santo. I feel drawn to cacao. Like, why do I feel drawn to these plant spirits? Why do I feel drawn to cacao medicine? 
Uh, what is the story behind it? Because as Erica shared in this episode, a lot of the indigenous communities and natives, they were they were killed for engaging in these ancient practices. And now that it has come back up in new age spirituality and it has almost become normal, in a way it has stripped off of the true essence of why these indigenous communities actually engaged in these practices. So this episode is in no way like trying to tell you that what you're doing is wrong and, you know, this person is right, that person is wrong. It, it has nothing to do with that. If anything, it's really a way for you to truly look at yourself. Like, I feel so called to work with Goddess Lakshmi. I feel so called to work with Goddess Kali or any Greek goddesses or Egyptian goddesses, right? Like, I'm so connected to, like, Egyptian history. And it has just become a way for me to go down the rabbit hole. Like, why am I so connected to these practices? And how can I practice these while also honoring the lineage? Because chances are, during colonization, some tribes and some communities were not allowed to practice what they felt called to practice at the time. And this is absolutely a very heavy work, like ancestral work is heavy and decolonization work is very heavy. So when you're doing this, you might be challenged or your mind might be challenged and you might get defensive. I used to get super defensive when it came to this work. Um, so just, just be patient with yourself. Just be kind to yourself. You know, give yourself grace, as I've said before. Um, even though you don't understand <laughs> what is going on or why you do what you do. It's just really important during this time or when you're doing this work is to just be curious without judgment. It's like actually looking at it from a lens of childlike curiosity. Like why, you know, like just, just keep asking why, like, why do I do this? Why do I like this? Why do I feel called to do this? And then enjoy the rabbit hole, <laughs> go down the rabbit hole. It doesn't have to be overwhelming or confusing. You can actually go down the rabbit hole, like with the episodes on this podcast. So I pretty much right now have every type of conversation about anything and everything. So feel free to listen to all the other episodes that are available on my podcast. Um, thank you so much for being here, for listening. If you haven't already, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, just search Soul Sense with Sulkina. You'll find me. And also follow me on Insight Timer. If you enjoy meditations, if you want to listen to my guided meditations, I'm on Insight Timer. I upload regularly. So keep up with me there. And of course, subscribe to this podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we have a new episode every Thursday. We shifted our schedule. It was every Saturdays, but now I changed it to every Thursday, which is one of my favorite days ruled by Jupiter, the planet of expansion and luck. Thank you again for listening. I hope that you have a fantastic day or week, wherever you are, and I will see you on the other side.
I just started um, listening to your podcast and like kind of going through like different topics that you've done. And so I really love it because um, it's like um, kind of serves as a foundation for anyone who's really wanting to understand the spiritual world, the spiritual journey and like little tips to help and guide. So that's so helpful. I wish I had something like that. I had your page when I was first um, starting out because it's like, I mean, I'm, you know, like you, you've yeah. been there, like when you first start looking up the hashtags like the spiritual spiritual hashtag spiritual awakening and you're just like whoa aliens crystals sage like what is all this yeah and that's actually my my whole entire like mission is to just simplify it because it can get so overwhelming I mean I started with everything I just went into every little black hole like crystals and tarot and oracle cards and then yeah I remember you know watching videos on aliens and I'm like what is this this doesn't even make sense and now 2021 I'm like getting galactic healings and stuff and I'm like wow 2019 me would not have understood this at all so it really is like an evolution and I remember like just unsubscribing from people on YouTube too that talked about oh, I had an alien encounter. And I'm like, I thought I understood you. Like, I thought you were cool. Like, I thought you were spiritual. Like, what is this alien thing? So now every time I come up with this type of resistance, I'm like, let's just, let's relax a little bit. Like anything and everything is actually entirely possible and true, you know? So it's like, but back then I was so new and I was just like, I had a tunnel vision, like I'm only going to be a crystal healer (laughs) or like I'm only going to be a tarot reader. (laughs) And now it's like, wow, it's like everything is so fascinating, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. multidimensional. It's like literally so many, um, like you said, rabbit holes that you can find yourself in. But it's like all the unlearning and um, breaking down the programming that we have about a lot of these stereotypes, right? Or these preconceived ideas we have about people who channel aliens or people who um, do energy healing or (laughs) read the stars and can tell you when you're going to meet your soulmate, (laughs) things like that. Yeah. And, and I've actually had people ask me like, oh, when you watch these people like channel beings and like aliens like how do you know it's true and I'm like it's not in your mind like you don't know it you actually feel it like you feel this information and you feel these messages coming true so like me explaining this to my friends who are a little bit left brain it's like I don't know actually I don't know how to tell you like because our our human mind can only comprehend and compute information as much as can compute information and also based on what it has been exposed to I guess your environment and how you've been brought up and it's like I don't know how to tell you if this is real or or fake like it's more of like a knowing that's very deep and you feel it in your body you know like it's just a feeling that you just know like yes I feel like this is the message for me like I needed to know this and I know that it's not fake I guess that's kind of what happens when you're, you know, connected to yourself and your intuition. 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's not, it's past the logical sense. It's more of um, using your intuition, your gut feeling, your inner knowing, dropping down into your heart space, right? And like you said, it's like you're already getting closer to your true self, your true knowing. So when you hear information, you just know. You could feel it. You can literally feel when it resonates and when it doesn't. Yeah. And this is why I also say like having a relationship with your body is really important, like actually knowing what different things feel like in your body and understanding mm -hmm. your yes and no. And it's, it's actually not very complicated, but I can see how it can be perceived that way if we are always like in our heads, because sometimes I do the things that I do now and I'm like, is, has it always been this easy to connect with my soul? Like, did I just have to do this? Like, you know, just, I don't know, even like this morning, I didn't have time to do, not that I didn't have time. I didn't make time for myself to kind of like meditate. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it in the shower. And all I did was just like actually being super present in the act of showering, you know, like just feeling the water and like visualizing white light and stuff. And I'm like, is this all I had to do? But back then I was just like scrambling, like, oh my God, I just want to get out of the shower. Like I just want it to be five minutes. I'm going to be on my laptop or I want to scroll on social media. So I think for me, the key is really intentional living, like just being super mindful and aware and intentional with every little thing that you do. Mm -hmm, exactly. I think people get too caught up in the way that we feel we need to learn something like we don't learn spirituality. It's literally a part of everything we do. It's just taking a moment to be intentional, like you said. Um, and like, literally we can meditate right in this moment if we really wanted to, <laughs> like we could just do it uh, in the grocery store. We could do it anywhere. Um, it's not like some rocket, like some code that we're trying to like uncover. <laughs> I know. And, and like, there are no steps, you know, everyone's like, what do I need to do first? <laughs> and it's like, you know, you could start in the middle. Like I kind of felt like I started in the middle and then I was like pushed backwards and forwards. And it's like, it's really like a dance. So speaking of intentional living, what do you do every single day or morning? Like what is your self-care routine? To be honest, I don't have one. <laughs> so I like I I did enjoy the structure of what like a, a daily routine, morning routine gave me in the beginning, because that's how I was able to practice and learn all of these tools that I can just, you know, reach in my toolbox and get at any moment now, whenever I'm having like a mini dark night of the soul or an ego death or, you know, something comes up, I'm triggered. Um, you know, I could always just put on my favorite meditation that I used to listen to when I first started or grab, um, like my sound bowl, you know, or journal or just be in silence. So right now my current daily practice is just literally me laying in bed and trying to remember my dreams first 
<laughs> and I do uh, keep a journal by my bed. So if anything does like, if, uh, if I do remember anything, I try to write it down really quickly. And then after that, I try to just tune into my energy, like kind of do a body scan of, you know, how I'm feeling. Um, and then from there, I just honor how I'm feeling. So if I feel like exercising, I'll exercise. If I feel like I just need to sit quietly in me meditation, I'll just meditate. Or if I feel like, oh my God, I have a question about something. I need to pull a card. <laughs> I'll go and pull a card. Um, so I just try to honor how I'm feeling in, in the moments, early morning moments. Yeah. I actually love that you said that because that has been something that I'm trying to build a habit or I guess routine around, which is not immediately going to my phone when I'm waking up in the morning and I actually sleep next to my tarot card. So what I do is like in that, in that in-between state of sleep and waking up, I just like pick a card. So like, that's the first thing that I do in the morning. And then um, I kind of sit with it and I'm like, okay, what is this card trying to tell me? Cause it's like, I was already really good at not checking Instagram in the morning, but then I went back to that habit of like, oh, okay. I'm just going to like see who messaged me. And usually like me and my cousin were at different time zones. We're actually in this time zone where you are, cause she's in California. So it's oh. like, the first thing I do is I wake up and I'm like, let's see what she said. And then I'm like, okay, this is just an excuse that I'm telling myself just to check my phone or just to check Instagram. So I love that. I love that you said that. Yeah. It social media is so addicting. <laughs> like we all are addicted to our phones. Like I don't care what anyone says yeah. you're at some degree addicted. So it's so important. Like I did the same thing. I was caught literally had my cell phone on my nightstand and I had to stop doing that because I used the excuse, Oh, I have my alarm. Um, but then, you know, in the middle of the night, when you wake up to use the restroom or whatever, I'm over here, my face is all lit up in, the, in my bed. I'm like, I need to put that shit away, Seriously. go put it in the bathroom somewhere because it disrupts my sleep pattern and then I can't go back to sleep. And then it just, it's a snowball effect for the rest of the day. Oh my God. Literally. I feel you. Cause I would wake up at a random time at three 33 in the morning. And I'm always like, why would you wake me up? Like every time at this time or like one, two, three, four, you know? And I'm like, fuck now I have to check my phone. <laughs> Now it's like, <laughs> I just want to see what's up because I'm awake anyway. So what's the harm? So yeah, you're it's right. An, it's an angel number. So it must yeah. mean something. It's a sign. Do I have to open my Instagram for this? Like what's waiting for me? <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. I had, yeah. So now I keep my phone. It literally in the other room because I cannot control myself. <laughs> So it needs to go in the other room because I don't, yeah. I, I can't trust myself, honestly. Yeah. So. It's like giving your phone a timeout, but also like giving yourself a timeout. It's like, sit over there, phone. Like, I'm not going to look at you tonight. 
But yeah. Okay. So speaking of Instagram, tell us about your story. Okay. So you had an account, the multidimensional medium, and I kind of feel like I want to talk about this because every single spiritual person that I follow or like people that are doing this work, like the healing work, it's almost like so many of them are dealing with this. It's either like people are impersonating them Um, you know, like there's just so many scams going around and it's so hard for us to kind of tell Instagram, like, Hey, this is a real issue. Like, can you do something about it? I just saw like this woman, she's a photographer in Bali. Um, she had something like 16,000 followers and her entire account got disabled because she was signing in and her virtual assistant somewhere else was signing in. To the same account so instagram thought like it was a bot or something so her account got disabled and she is unable to get it back and so she has a mm-hmm. new account now and she's like my entire work was in that account um i don't think my clients know what happened to me so spread the word and stuff and i'm like this is happening way too often so tell us your story like what happened to your multi-dimensional medium account yeah so before I had I changed my handle to the multi-dimensional medium I was Erica cosmic medium and that was at like at the very beginning of my spiritual awakening phase and I identified myself as a psychic medium Reiki master. Those were the the labels that I put on myself, right? Um, which now, like, I don't, we don't need labels like that because we all have these gifts. We have abilities to channel spirit. We have energy healing abilities, but that's another conversation for later. But anyways, I feel like those labels though, Um, they're so well-known, they're so popular within the spiritual community that they're easy targets for people who want to scam, um, because they know that tarot readers charge, uh, you know, using DMS or they'll post, um, on their stories or on their feed and, um, it's an, they're an easy target, tarot readers, psychic mediums, even Reiki, uh, practitioners. So I feel like that's how I was really targeted was because I was advertising as that, you know, and I also had high engagement, even though I was a smaller account, you know, I, I don't, I think I had under 2000 people following me, but I literally, like you said, it's like you create your whole business on an Instagram account and Instagram makes it so easy to do that because they have highlights where you can post like literally like within the click of a button, you can read all the reviews. You can read um, about me, information about the reader, um, about what they're interested in causes that they champion, um, everything, right? Like your whole resume is on the highlights and whether you, um, know it or not, there are so many people that just float onto your page and they can just screenshot everything and create a, like a fake account within minutes. And it literally doesn't take that long 
like I looked at the fake account that was interpreting mine. They even went as far as to record my videos that I made like the first like minute. Um, I would do a lot of Instagram lives. So I noticed that they even recorded just the first 30 seconds and would upload it to make it look like it was an actual live because it was me talking. And I think that is what really sent me over the edge because I thought not only did they just take pick the pictures, they actually went out of their way to record the video to make it look even more real. I realized this happened when some of my followers who I don't really engage with were actually DMing me. And I thought that was odd because at first, you know, I've never engaged with them before. I didn't even know they were following me, but they were saying that this um, random account was adding them. Mm. And they said, is this you? Because I just received a message asking if I wanted a reading and they sent me a screenshot of the message. And it was so stereotypical of like what, uh, like, a yeah, something on in like a tarot meme that you would see like, Oh, oh hello, right. beautiful. Yes. I could read your energy and I just felt so drawn to you. And, oh you know, for $33, I can give you a love tarot scope reading and tell you who your soulmate is, <laughs> you know, all oh of this yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And or I'm it's like, like I can lift a curse off of yes. your life. Oh my god, I've gone that one before, and I'm like, okay. Or yeah, all these spell casters. Yeah. yeah. And then with all these like you know crystal ball emojis and little stars and stuff, and I'm just like, what? Yeah. I go, no, I would never DM you. I would never do that. Like I have a link tree for a reason. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they even copy paste your actual link tree into the bio. Like it was so spot on with even the little um, symbols that I had in my bio. It was exactly the same. There were 30 posts on it. And um, so then when I started receiving the screenshots of the messages, the fake account was sending, um, I immediately went to my stories. Um, I posted on my feed, like, please report fake account. They're so sneaky. They will literally copy your exact handle and change one letter. So it looks exactly like your account. So when your followers just automatically just start following the fake, and you're trying to tell them, hey, report the fake, they get mixed up and they'll report yours instead. That's what happened to me. So when I started realizing that, I immediately changed my profile picture. So that way people could know like, this is my real account, go to the other one. Hmm. But it didn't work. Um, I reached out to Instagram and they have you fill out this uh, like questionnaire that tells you um, or it asks you questions about your account and why you are um, submitting um, not a claim, but um, 
for them to investigate the the fake one. Mm -hmm. And so it asks for the email and for the Instagram handle. And so when I gave them that, the wording was kind of tricky because it says, um, okay, you are reporting an impersonator. What is the what is the original handle? So when I entered the handle, I was putting in the fake um, handle at first because I thought, oh, well, I'm reporting it. I'm going to report the fake account. Well, I think I misread it and I was actually supposed to put my handle. So as soon as I submitted it, they immediately disabled my, my account and the fake was left up for like three days and they were in people's DMs, oh, scamming God. and sending, they were even sending a Venmo account, um, which is like a, you know, the, yeah. the cash exchange. Yeah. Um, with their name, it's a man, a man's profile picture with their name, sending oh it God. to the people that they're DMing. And I'm like, at a certain point, it's like, okay, if people don't realize yeah. that this is a scam by the Venmo account that they're asking you to send the money to, then it, I'm really, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I can't do, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what they were doing. And I believe there were like three people that they scammed off of my account that I know of. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Instagram did not get back to me. Um, I had to report my account like 10 times. I had to submit, um, like a, a report. There's no helpline. There is no like yeah. online support where you have like a, you know, on certain websites, you have like a live agent that can help you. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram does not have that. Um, they just like have they're very one... technical, like, mm -hmm. like typical of you all Facebook, like big company tech type of thing. Like it's not personalized and humanized. Exactly. So moral of the story Instagram does not care about small accounts um, that are impersonated, even large accounts, I would say. Um, and if it's not going to create some type of like income or bring in money for them, they really don't care. And we can tell that by the way that they're changing the functions on Instagram, like where we used to find our likes for posts with the heart now changed to a little shopping icon, at least for my over here in the United States, that's what it changed to recently. So now you're like, you are already kind of programmed and trained to click a certain button to look at your likes. Um, or notifications, and now they moved it to be the purchase button, the shopping button. Yeah. So it's like, it's all about money for them. So if you aren't like a high ticket item or some brand, they really don't care about you. <laughs> yeah. And how did you feel throughout this entire process? Because when we were uh, speaking offline, you were saying like, it was like a tower moment for you. And, you know, in, in tarot, tower is um, kind of like the crumbling of 
your foundation or the way I see it also, it's, it's kind of like just stripping off of the beliefs that you thought you knew. And it's just kind of like, wow, you, you become bare. So tower moments are not easy. And like, how would you describe your feeling, I guess, throughout this entire process? It put a pause on everything. I was doing Instagram lives twice a week. I was running my business through DMs. I was, everything was on there. Um, I was finding myself being so disconnected from my family, even like my in real life friends, like I was being sucked in to social media, Instagram, this kind of like persona that I had on there and the things that I had been praying and wishing for, I wasn't even aware that they were even on the way um, until I had a moment to pause and really be able to just see clearly um, for the first time in a long time. And I feel like sometimes we get caught up in these loops when we're in social media, um, when we're on it every day, or when we run our businesses on it. It's so easy to disconnect from um, like some goals that we have or um, things that we're trying to manifest into our lives. When my account went down, I literally had an anxiety attack. I've never had an anxiety attack in my life, but I'm pretty sure that was an anxiety attack Um, because it just felt like all of my friends were gone. All of my, my business was gone. Everything that connected me to the world I felt was just taken from me, especially since we were still in quarantine. It was just even more devastating. But it was a blessing in disguise because it really allowed me to tune back in to myself and kind of take a hard look at why is that so important to me? Why am I putting so much importance in a Instagram page? What is it about it? And what do I really want in life? Do I really want to just continue doing lives twice a week where I'm just kind of running myself ragged? Like I kind of, I left my um, teaching position. Um, I was a high school teacher. I took a leave of absence this last year um, because I wanted to pursue my spiritual work. And I wanted to spend time with my son. Those were two very important things to me. And running my business on Instagram allowed me that flexibility. But I got caught up in the kind of the same cycle of work. I wasn't able to break my old habits that I had when I was teaching, when I was working nine to five. Um, I was still doing that. I was repeating that pattern, even in my spiritual work something that brought me so much joy. And I didn't even realize I was creating or repeating that pattern again until my account was impersonated. And so that was a huge realization for me. And it allowed me time to step back and really allow myself to rest because I've never done that for myself before. 
Um, I've always worked um, since I was 18. I always had a part-time job. Um, I worked through college. And then after my credential program, I went straight into teaching. So I've never allowed myself to really have a moment in life where I could just be and just take care of myself. It really allowed me time just to be and reflect. And uh, coincidentally, I actually found um, an elder um, in the shamanic healing practice that I've have literally been praying for for months. And I've, you know, tried to find an elder, a mentor that I really resonated with. Um, and I just wasn't finding them. And so I just released that and just focused on my spiritual work within that same week that my account went down. I, I literally found them <laughs> and I emailed them and set up a time to like talk with them. And that, I feel like that was just so divinely orchestrated it was something that has been on my heart for so long that I've been wanting to do. And I know that the universe, God, my angels, guides, it was all for a higher purpose. And now I can appreciate that moment. But at the time, it was really stressful. <laughs> no, I can imagine. And actually, I like that you mentioned that because I've been having that feeling as well, as in like, I want to be mentored by someone that's like not on social media, if that makes sense. Like someone that's not sort of like on Instagram or Facebook. Like I really want to experience the work of um, an elder or, you know, we're, we're also going to talk about like that word um, shaman, but it's like, I was just thinking like, I want to put this out there. And if it comes to me, it comes to me, then it's for me. But I don't want to actively be like, you know, elder, because I'm based in like Jakarta, like elder in Bali or like shamans in Bali. <laughs> like, I don't want to, sometimes you have to put yourself out there. But I, I kind of believe like when it comes to these spiritual things, it's almost like every time I put my, my intention out there, like recently I wanted something so simple, which is like, I wanted to get a human design reading. And I was like, there's so many readers out there. I don't even know where to begin. And then this woman that I followed is like, I just got this nudge to offer a reading to my followers. Like, does anybody want a human design reading? Only three spots available. I don't do this normally. Yes, I'm looking for a reading. So I'm just going to take this as a sign that, okay, I've put myself out there. I want to get a reading and this is it. And she's like, I, I never do this. And I just got the nudge to kind of do it. And I was like, great. Um. Yeah. So I, um, I like that you mentioned that because it does happen. Um, and so tell us about your, I guess, do you call it a, a apprenticeship? Yeah, I like to call it a, an apprenticeship. Um, I'm learning because it's an ongoing learning process. It's not your stereotypical spiritual six-week course that you get a certificate at the end. Uh, yeah. um, it's not like that. It is a lifelong commitment. Um, and that I feel a true spiritual path that is linked to a lineage that is ancient should be a lifelong commitment. Um, and so 
yeah, I found the Inca Medicine School through um, one of my mentors that I've been working with, um, Dr. Rocio Rosales Mesa on Instagram. I love her work um, and I'm part of her decolonial healing collective um, where I'm really working on decolonizing my own spiritual practice. And so that has really helped me to kind of take that hard look at myself of like, what, how do I want to show up in my spiritual practice? How am I being um, respectful of the different tools that I use, the different practices that I implement? Do I know their original origins? Do I have the right to even use those or practice that? And so I found the, um, the Keros, which is, they are an indigenous um, nation in the high Andes of Peru. And my elder Alejandro um, Apasa Flores, he has been guiding me through this journey and um, they advertise as shamanic healing only because of capitalism. <laughs> Um, just like you said, like, I don't want to just Google, uh, shaman elders yeah. <laughs> online, but if but I do, you will get information and it, right. it is easier to, mm -hmm. you know, find them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but the actual term though, for the Keros, um, in the ghetto community is, um, Nusta Bakul. So Nusta Paco is like a priestess. Um, and for the males, they are Inca Pacos. So um, like a priest, like a high priest. So within the Keto Inca nation, since they are um, direct descendants of the Incas, the Inca empire before colonization, um, they keep their practices very pure um, because that is, the tradition, they um, were able to escape um, or stay away from colonization for the most part, because they hid in the high Andes. Um, so they're very indigenous. A lot of their traditions have been passed down from um, every generation. And so um, I really have so much respect for this lineage. I am so grateful that um, it is an open practice because a lot of these um, healings, uh, ancient earth-based healing practices are closed. So within my direct lineage though, um, because I am Mexican-American, um, I actually have an uncle who did a family tree and was able to um, identify like where in Mexico we are um, descendants from on my mother's side. And I was able to actually narrow down five tribes within the state and the city that my great, great, great grandmother is from. And um, I'm going to be working with someone to really identify which ones <laughs> would relate to like my last name and my um, lineage. So yeah, it's, it's a process. I would really like to um, get 
to know and understand my direct lineage. But right now, I feel really drawn to learning the Kedos, that Keto Inca Nation lineage of um, shamanic healing. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And there are so many of that I feel that's happening, kind of like a lot of people are, you know, using the term chakras very loosely or like, you know, um, speaking about um, Hindu gods and goddesses. It really is new age spirituality where sometimes I wonder, it's like, do they actually know the power or like the essence of these gods and like goddesses? And not to say that if you're not Indian or if you're not whatever, you're not allowed to practice that thing, because I do believe in past lives. And I'm like, I guess people are gravitated towards these things. But what does it mean to decolonize our spiritual practice? What does decolonizing mean to you? And what does it really mean for us to decolonize our spiritual practice? Decolonizing for me right now is getting back to your true essence prior to colonization. So because (laughs) since 1492, everything has changed. Um, our indigenous roots have been stripped from us. And so decolonizing to me is reclaiming um, my indigeneity, reclaiming my roots, reclaiming my identity based off of my understanding of who my ancestors are what land they lived on, what medicines they used, what spiritual practices they had every day. It's getting to who you are at a spiritual level, um, soul level. Decolonizing in in spiritual work means to honor the original people's the original lineage medicines that these tools and practices come from because so much of what we see in the spiritual new age community is whitewashed. They have been cherry picked. These practices, these medicines, these words, these gods, these goddesses, they're cherry picked and They're not given credit when credit is due and it gets lost um, and mixed when they're not meant to be mixed. They're meant to stay pure. And so decolonizing spirituality means to really understand the story behind everything that you use within your spiritual practice and honoring that and showing the utmost respect for that. So that's what decolonizing spirituality means to me. And when we do that, I feel like we create such a stronger relationship with spirit and with ourselves because we are living with integrity. Um, And integrity is everything, I feel, when if you're considering yourself a spiritual being, 
spiritual person, you walk with integrity and you honor all things, all beings. So that in a nutshell, I think is what I would say decolonizing spirituality is and why it is so important to me. So it's not about just, oh, if you don't come from this lineage, you're not allowed to practice it. But like you said, it's actually about like if you're being called to these practices or if you're drawn to these practices, it's as easy as do I know where it comes from? can I actually do the deeper work of understanding like, okay, if I want to burn sage, it's like, do I know what that actually means? Or am I just burning it because, you know, an Instagram account said that it removes bad vibes, you know, or like Palo Santo, which I don't know much about it, but I was watching this workshop that said that Palo Santo actually brings in spirits. I don't know if I'm correct, but I've heard two um, shamans actually talk about this. And I had no idea because the information that I got from Instagram is like, oh, it uplifts the vibe of the room. And I'm like doing this to my room the whole time, like with two sticks. And I'm like, (laughs) why does my room feel like there are many, like a lot of energies are in here, you know? So it's just about that curiosity, right? Like actually questioning your own beliefs and assumptions like I actually want to know what this does and how Mm -hmm. this contributes to my spiritual practice deeper so yeah tell me about Palo Santo if you know I do believe first I'll say it is so important that we receive or we do our own research on the spiritual tools practices and spirits that we are working with because we cannot just trust everything we see on Instagram, Facebook, social media. A lot of these people who share information about these tools are not the original carriers of this medicine. So it's like, it's like playing a game of telephone. They hear one thing and then they pass they misinterpret it and it's just being passed along over and over again. And it just is not intact with like what it really means or what it does. Like, so I don't know the actual origins of Palo Santo, but what I will, I will say is my elders from the Keto Inca nation in the high Andes of Peru use Palo Santo because it is um, native to their lands. Um, But due to the new age spiritual community and all these spiritual stores popping up and trying to sell Palo Santo because it's trendy, um, now the, the, the tree itself is endangered. And so in the Amazon, like near Peru, in Peru, um, the Amazon rainforest, um, they're like losing all of their trees because of over harvesting um, and they're shipping everything to the United States or, you know, other countries. So my elder actually urged us to share with um, our spiritual communities, our friends online to please stop purchasing Palo Santo because we should really be utilizing um, medicines, plants that are native to where we locally live. And really there's more power in that too, because 
we are directly connected to the land that we are living on. So, um, yeah, that's what I'll say, but they do use Palo Santo in a lot of their earth-based ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does enhance the, um, the spirits. <laughs> so I will say that <laughs> within their yeah. ceremonies, it's, that's why it's used. So, yeah, I've actually started burning rosemary, which smells amazing and mm-hmm. dried roses. So I have like a shell and then I just put like, you know, these dried, um, rosemary and roses, and then I just burn it. That's why it's so important, like whatever you're drawn towards to respect it in that way, because I am also very drawn to like the medicine of cacao. And even for for that, you know, before I went deep into it, I'm like, okay, I want to understand like why I'm drawn to this. And I also want to honor it because I don't come from that. Like in this lifetime, I don't come from that lineage, how do you think we can start small if we are drawn to these practices? What is the first thing that we can truly do to kind of like, okay, I want to work with this, but I also want to honor its lineage. I would first research off Instagram and Facebook, look at indigenous ran websites. Those are going to give you the real facts and information on the medicines. Um, Because I think a lot of these websites are ran by non-natives. So they're going to tell you whatever they want. So that way they can sell you their product. Um, A lot of some, I won't say all, but there are some practices that are closed due to the history of that lineage. And when you find something that is a closed practice, it's important to respect that and honor that. Um, For example, white sage is a closed practice. There are 700 different species of sage. Why the spiritual community decides to sell white sage everywhere is beyond me. I don't know why, but white sage is actually a closed practice because That is something that is a direct medicine of our First Nations peoples, Native Americans, um, that was stripped from them due to colonization, due to the residential school systems that were put in place in Canada and the United States. There's the term, you know, kill the Indian, save the man that was used for these residential schools. Um, in order to assimilate indigenous people. So they were not allowed to use their original medicines like white sage um, and other, other methods and practices and prayers and chants and drumming, their ceremonial songs, their regalia, their jewelry, you know, everything that was so beautiful and rich about their culture, they were literally killed for. And so when you understand the history of that, why would you want to use a medicine that has that history? And so I know a lot of people who 
come into the spiritual space and they're looking for answers and I give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't know any better. But when you do your research, like I said, off Instagram, off Facebook, and you really look into the history behind these medicines, these practices, these gods, goddesses that you're learning about, it changes your perspective a lot on whether you want to welcome that into your space, right? And then it leads to the question of how am I justifying using this, knowing this information now about the history? So unless you are, you know, from First Nations, um, Native American, indigenous roots, unless that's a part of your lineage, then you really should not be using white sage. And that's why it's like encouraged to look at other methods like burning rosemary, cedar, um, juniper, there's all, and they smell amazing and they still work just as well. And um, I was even talking to one of my friends who was joking and said, I don't know why people would use white sage. It doesn't work for them. <laughs> like if they're not indigenous, if you're not indigenous first nations people, it's not going to work for you. Your, your ancestors aren't going to recognize that. So I was like, that's a good point. Like always use what your ancestral lineage use, because that's going to connect you even more to your direct descendants of ancestors and guides. Um, and there's so much power in that too, because it's closer to your identity. That makes so much sense. And also when we do research, right, I, I feel like in so many ways, even looking at how the world is right now and the way we consume stuff, it's like there's so much information out there that people are not actually willing to do research. Like they only read headlines and, and people who write these articles know that and they try to write the headlines in a way that it will just shape an entire opinion. Like people can shape an entire opinion or an argument based off of a headline of an article or even when you watch the news, like those little you know, headlines that you see like popping up at you. And it's like even researching these, especially if you're using Google, it's like, don't look at the first website, I guess, because the first website could have been paid advertising, but it's actually going down the, the rabbit hole, like not in a confusing or bad way, but actually really being so curious that you're like, okay, I want to dig deeper and even when you're talking about, you know, working with gods and uh, goddesses and even plant spirits, it's like, I completely agree because I think some people want to work with one aspect of this god or goddess, but reject an entire whole other aspect that makes this goddess, this goddess, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, I just want to work with goddess Lakshmi because she brings abundance, like, because she's <laughs> going to give me money, you know, and I'm going to work with her mantra, but not actually understanding, like, what does goddess Lakshmi actually embody? You know, mm -hmm. it's not just money and abundance is not just money, you know, so it's so interesting. Sometimes I'm like, I can talk about this for hours, but I'm like, is anyone listening? 
<laughs> yeah, and you're so right. Unfortunately, I feel like our brains are just now wired for instant gratification um, with everything. It's really rare when people will take the time to go off Instagram, go off Facebook and find a legitimate article that is written by um, like an indigenous person that is sharing their experience and their truth of, you know, what is appropriate and what's not. Um, it's really rare because yeah, our attention spans are like what, how long are reels now? 15 seconds? Like our attention span is only 15 seconds. Like how long are TikTok videos? Like maybe a minute, yeah. a minute is really focusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we're such we love to just consume. We are over consuming. And I'm doing this um, course. It's by this woman. Her name is Deborah. She is mama medicine. I don't know if you know her, but yeah. So I'm doing one of her courses. It's called aura medicine. And she was like, you know, take at least 21 days learning one aura. And she's also the type that's like, you can't really learn these things. Like I'm not trying to teach you how to read auras because you can't really learn this like in a course that's you know 21 days or 30 days it's like just a way for you to kind of learn how to be your own healer but even in that course she's like take at least 21 to 30 days with one color and get to know the color it's like color medicine like actually working with red and yellow and feeling how these colors heal you or like what messages it has for you and stuff and my brain automatically went like, how the hell am I going to do all the other things if you tell me I have to work with one color for like 21 days? Like, what do you mean, lady? <laughs> like, I want to just do one color a day, you know? And yeah, it's like our brains, if you're not aware, then it's so easy to get swept away by your, your own brain, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that she is taking it slow and allowing for really that medicine to sink in because um, that's the way that my elder teaches as well is our homework will literally be just to meditate with the golden light um, with that the higher dimension, um, which we call Hana Pacha and just be in that energy for the whole week and you know, in our minds, us as the students, we're like, that's it. Like, we don't have, we don't need to do anything else. Like, we don't need a journal. We don't need to like, he's like, nope, nope. You're just immersed in that. You're building your connection, your relationship. And at first I thought it was uncomfortable. Like, no, like there needs to be like these tasks, you know, <laughs> like a, an extended video meditation. Like I need more. But like you're like you said, we just constantly consume and we're just so programmed to be in that energy that when we're being asked to slow down and only take it one step at a time and really be in the energy, it's almost uncomfortable <laughs> if you're not used to it. I love how on your Instagram you share a lot about what's happening just like in the world that really needs our attention. And I kind of feel like not a lot of people talk about that. Like you said, for people that do burn white sage, for example, not understanding where it comes from. And when things that are threatening the indigenous community 
is happening in real life, like it's not really being talked about in their accounts. Being in this part of the world, I don't understand a lot of what's happening in the other side all the time, but that's why it's so important having accounts like yours that allow people like me, for example, to be here who cares Um, I can do some sort of thing, even if it's just donate or sign petitions, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, I really appreciate you sharing about like stop line three and stuff, which I had no idea was happening. And then actually reading about it. And like, sometimes it frustrates me because I'm like, but how is this happening? Like, it doesn't make sense that people are okay with it, you know, and then Sometimes it's like when I talk about it, I have people tell me like, why do you make everything political? And I'm like, because everything is political. It is. What do you mean? And like, it's not a bad thing. It is the way it is. Like everything is about race. Everything is political. Food is political because of access. Not everybody has access to absolutely all food. So yes, it is political. Religion is political. So I'm like, I'm not trying to be difficult like it's not about being difficult but it's actually Mm -hmm. about like just question your own beliefs and go beyond the mind Mm -hmm. exactly and that's actually something that has come into my awareness over the last few months that a lot of things have been escalating within the collective like in a worldwide you know there's just so much going on you know in palestine cuba honduras um lebanon uh puerto rico like all of these movements that are happening and yet within the spiritual community at least the people that i follow there's it's like crickets like you don't hear anything um and what's even more frustrating is when you see people who are using practices and medicines from these countries, but yet do not acknowledge the atrocities that have happened in the past or are currently happening. That's a problem, especially within the yoga community, you know, with this crisis in India going on, like it just didn't make sense to me as to why the yoga community in this if they consider themselves spiritual and connected so deeply to the practice, then you have to honor the people that originated these practices. Like, how is it that you are not going to care enough to at least post on your feed what is happening and be a champion for that? Isn't that like one of the number one roles in yoga or something? I don't know. I'm not a yoga instructor, but I'm just like, assume that that would be an automatic thing. Yeah. So that's something I did notice. Like for me, the feeling that I get so strongly is like, there is just nothing more spiritual than being human. Like you are here for a reason. And there is like, it's so important to care. (laughs) Like you have to care, you have to care. And I'm not saying like, if you don't know much about it, it's okay to let it simmer, take your time, do your research. Don't just, you know, say (laughs) whatever you want to say for the sake of saying it. But I'm saying like that act of caring, like actually caring enough to want to understand what's happening, 
because it's not performative. Like we're not saying that you have to be on social media just to be on social media and talk about it. But it's like, if you don't care enough, it's a good, it's a good time to reflect, right? It's a good time to evaluate like, Hey, I am, like you said, teaching yoga, for example, why do I just not care enough about what's happening in India, where this practice comes from? It's like, you know, peeling off that layer, shadow work, I guess. Yes, it goes deeper than shadow work. It's decolonizing work, the decolonial healing of, yeah, understanding what you are practicing every single day and who are, are the people that are directly linked to this practice and how, how can you be a good human and practice reciprocity? Sacred reciprocity should be rooted in every spiritual thing we do in every spiritual practice that we do. And that is one of the number one principles that my elder Don Alejandro um, teaches us um, within the Cato Inca nation teachings is it's called Aini, A-Y-N-I, um, and it's sacred reciprocity with between yourself and the earth, between yourself and another human being, and it's giving and with no expectation that you're going to receive, but knowing that it'll be reciprocated some way, somehow, whether that is directly or indirectly, it is spiritual. I feel like I could talk to you for literally hours. There's just so (laughs) many things to talk about. I really loved this conversation. It's been amazing. Um, a question that I ask all my guests at the end is what is the best advice you've ever received? I would say the current best advice that I'm following right now is I am only asking directions on life from people who are where I want to be. I don't ask directions on life from people who are not doing what I want to do, living where I want to live, loving what I want to love. Like, I just, I respect my family's opinions, my friends' opinions, people that I love and respect. But if they are not where I want to be, then I just move on. And I like go and seek the advice from someone that I'm looking up to, like a mentor, um, a family friend. And I look to them for how they are living their life. What steps have they taken to get to where they're at? And it's like that role model, right? We always need role models. It doesn't matter what age we are. We are always learning and growing. I always look up to people. I always have, there's always different stages that we find ourselves in life. And it's so important to have those role models that are inspiring you to keep going because it's like the light, there's that other quote. It's like the light that you see in me is reflected in you. We are mirrors for each other. And so that is the best advice I think that I'm following right now and just continues to keep me going. 
Yeah, I wish that I had this advice when I was just starting my spiritual awakening journey because I was just following everyone else. And, you know, sometimes it didn't make me feel good. And I'm a projector in human design. So apparently I'm a mental. Oh my God, I love it. I I find that a lot of teachers and guides are actually projectors. A lot of the people I follow on my Instagram that are doing this work, they're mostly all of them I can see are like projectors. And I'm like, oh my God, we really are here to like guide other people. We can Um, see so deeply into people. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, (laughs) Tell our listeners where they can find you. Okay, so um, you can find me on Instagram at new.earth.erica. I'm currently not offering anything right now because I'm in um, my studies with my elder count to start offering uh, healing earth-based healing sessions of what I've been learning, like soul retrievals in the fall. So that is something that I will be offering soon. I love that. Thank you so much, Erica. You are such a light. People follow her because- your Instagram. You know what? Your Instagram is not only amazing, but you actually crack me up. Like you make me laugh. That's what I love about your Instagram and your stories. It's like a perfect mix of like, you should care. And then you're like, I'm going to make you laugh. And I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have to laugh. Otherwise the the alternative is just depressing. (laughs) I feel you. Thank you so much. I would love to know what you learned from this episode. What were your main takeaways? Please connect with me over on Instagram and YouTube at SoulSense with Silkina. Also give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. I read every single one of them and I love them. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to Soul Sense with Silkina wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.